What's up, guys? This is Justin Coffin for the 330 Sports Show. Today is, I'm actually recording this on a Tuesday, but it's going to be Wednesday, October 25th, 2023. I appreciate you guys watching on the show. As you can see on the screen, we're going to have the Browns uh, recap of that. We're going to talk about the Buckeyes' big win over the Nittany Lions. We're going to talk about YSU's walk-off win over the Red Bull Birds of Illinois State. Uh, we'll do a little week weekend recap, and uh, Michigan might be in trouble. Um, and we'll talk about a World Series preview. As I'm recording this now, Texas has already advanced, and tonight we have uh, Tuesday night we have the Phillies and the Arizona Diamondbacks um, playing for uh, the NL's uh, championship uh, tonight. So, uh, with that said. Let's do a quick word from our sponsors, and then we're going to uh, go ahead and get into the show. Halloween is scary, but not as scary as no heat in the winter. Call Mighty Mike today, not tomorrow, for fall maintenance service, 330-207-7070, or visit MightyMikeHVAC.com. This program proudly supported and brought to you by Eric Cromer, Cross Country Mortgage, a wiser way to mortgage. This program proudly supported and brought to you by the Youngstown Drip IV Bar, helping the Mahoning Valley reach its wellness goal. This program proudly supported and brought to you by Youngstown Computer, the Valley's IT company. All right, we are back. Uh, so make sure to also give us a follow on social media if you have not done that already. 330 Sports Show um, is on. Facebook, it's on Instagram and it's on Twitter, as well as Youngstown Studio at Youngstown Studio on Facebook and Instagram and at Ytown Studio on uh, Twitter. And you can follow the live feeds on um, on Youngstown Studio or on uh, the 330 Sports Shows page, also live or on demand. So appreciate you guys watching as always. Um, so let's get into it a little bit here. So let's we're going to start mainly by uh, talking about the Cleveland Browns here and uh, just a what a weird, weird game that was. So uh, the Browns sneaking by the Colts 39-38 to move to four and two. But what is going on with Deshaun Watson? Uh, no idea. Uh, it's going to be a very interesting next couple days to see if he's going to play, if he's going to sit. Uh, I really don't know what they're looking for there in Berea. So uh, we're going to figure it out as as we go. So, um, you know, that's uh, that, that said, let's give out some game balls for this week. Uh, so the game balls, this is just by my eye, my perception of the game. Obviously, Miles Garrett uh, is on his way to being the defensive player of the year. Uh, what he did in that game was just uh, un unworldly. He, he literally was Superman in that game. And it, it took just about every play uh, that he made to win the Browns that game because they gave up some unforced errors on defense, which has not been uh, a staple of the defense this year. And also the offense without Deshaun Watson, without Nick Chubb, uh, just not hitting on all cylinders. They needed every stand by that defense, every forced fumble. There was three of them and every interception. And that was uh, 
from uh, Denzel Ward. Also, um, Dustin Hopkins, we got to give him as much credit as possible. Um, he has just been unbelievable this year. Uh, he was the AFC Player of the Week uh, on special teams last week and uh, will be so most likely again this uh, week. Bubba Ventrone, the former special teams uh, coach of the Indianapolis Colts, comes over to the Cleveland Browns this year. Uh, Browns special teams, I believe, is number two in the league in uh, efficiency rating. So, and obviously that Miles Garrett uh, blocked field goal, which led uh, to another Browns score. Kevin Stefanski. Kevin Stefanski gets a lot of crap, but um, he deserves uh, he deserves a lot of credit with what's going on this season. Four and two. I believe his record's like 30 and 27 overall as Browns coach. Um, something like that, 30 and 26 maybe. But he has done a phenomenal job with uh, the Cleveland Browns. And you look at every other coach's record since they came back in 99, and he's done, you know, th this is a very talented team, but he's doing a lot with it, managing the personalities, uh, getting the right people in place. And hopefully we can smooth out these offensive issues. I know he is an offensive coach. And some people question his play calling. I get all that. But what he is doing uh, is is leading this team uh, to victories. P.J. Walker, you got to give the guy credit. You know, he, it's, he's not, not going to be the best quarterback. He's not going to make uh, the best plays. He's not the best athlete. He's not the biggest guy. But he has stepped in two times when the Browns needed him, and they have won both of those games. So credit goes to P.J. Walker uh, for doing that. Kareem Hunt also came in a little nicked up in this game. I think had some bruised ribs, but uh, comes in, makes a few big plays, and obviously the very last play on offense of the game, the one-yard touchdown run to seal the victory with 15 seconds left on the clock. Also, got to thank uh, the football gods for giving the Browns uh, some good luck over the last two weeks, uh, finally giving us a break. Uh, you know, so many years, this is a game the Browns would lose almost every other year. Uh, but for the last two weeks, the 1917 win over the 49ers, the 39-38 win over the Indianapolis Colts, uh, the football gods were on our side. So uh, much misery uh, for the last 20 plus years. But uh, the last two weeks have been, they've been very good to us. And maybe a couple questionable calls there at the end. Uh, I think the one, the one on Amari Cooper that uh, was a forced fumble, which was overturned, uh, I think was the right call. The the other pass interference where the ball could not have been caught, I think that was a, a nice break in our favor. So, um, but you know what? Once again, how many of those calls have gone against the Browns? I I remember one game against Washington where they literally recovered a fumble. They handed it to the official and they gave it to the ball to Washington. Um, I remember, you know, Bottlegate and all this. And you can probably cite about 50 different games over the past, uh, you know, two decades that the Browns have kind of gotten host on calls. So, you know what, when one goes our way, let's, let's not complain about it. Let's not uh, mention it too much. So um, that, those are my game balls for this week. A bunch of them. Uh, in a really weird game, but hey, a victory is a victory. And in the NFL, when every win matters, no victory is ugly. All right, so let's go to uh, just a few little tidbits from this game. This game featured eight 
lead changes, which is the most in any NFL game over the last four years. The Browns won the turnover margin for the first time all season. So they uh, forced four, four turnovers and they had two themselves, uh, nearly three with the other Deshaun Watson. But they finally won the turnover margin. And my God, did they need every one of those turnovers this week. This was the first uh, week where the Browns lost the time of possession as well. Uh, 32, basically they about five last minutes than the Colts. So the Colts did a really nice job. You got to give them credit. They schemed up a really nice running attack. Uh, they schemed uh, some wide receivers open. Um, the Browns helped them out on a few offsides plays where it felt like the defense just stopped and the Colts scored uh, on one of those and had a really long play on the other one. But uh, give the Colts a lot of credit. You know, they beat the Baltimore Ravens this year, who look like one of the best teams in the NFL. Um, they took the Browns to the wire. They've, they've hung uh, with a lot of uh, decent teams this year. So give them credit. But outside of those turnovers, like I mentioned, give the Colts offense a lot of credit. They played pretty well. 456 yards uh, gained. 268 through the air. Now that takes away the sack yardage because... Gardner Minshew had over 300 yards passing and then 168 on the ground with Zach Moss and, uh, and Taylor, Jonathan Taylor, who looked like his old self in that game. And let's give one more shout out to Dustin Hopkins, two made 50 yard plus field goals on Sunday, which is the first ever kicker also to make uh, a 50 yarder or better in five straight games. First time in NFL history, which is Pretty awesome uh, company to be in. All right, a little uh, Miles Garrett update. So Miles Garrett, again, superhuman. Nine tackles in this game. Two sacks, two forced fumbles, one blocked field goal where he literally was in a stance, jumped over the line, then got and had enough strength to get back over that line and uh, you know blocked the field goal. Uh, un- unbelievable stuff. He now also has 82 career sacks, which uh, is the most before any player's 28th birthday. Uh, Reggie White was uh, the previous record holder with that with 80. So just an unbelievable game by an unbelievable player who should now be in the top two of defensive player in the year. You probably have him and TJ Watt right now. You could probably throw a few other guys in there, but uh, those are the two main dudes this year. But what sort of Browns week would it be without a little drama? So what's going on with Deshaun Watson? He threw five passes in this game. I don't know if he was healthy. I don't know. I mean, in the, looking at that picture right there, he looks fine. Um, you know, he, he did slam his head hard um, on the turf uh, on the one um, incompletion, but threw five passes in this game, one of five. One interception, which was not really a, a shoulder issue. It was a, a, just a decision-making uh, play. And then another one that got overturned, um, that that was the one he got hurt on. Did get evaluated for a cushion, was clear, concussion. Was, he was cleared, but Kevin Stefanski said he did not want to put him in harm's way. Um, I'm not sure what that exactly means. Maybe he doesn't feel like he was quite ready. Maybe he doesn't feel like... You know, he's got that fastball um, on his arm. So I, I don't know what the answer is because, you know, we're all just speculating from outside. Hopefully the folks in Berea, hopefully his people, the Browns doctors, figure it out because you can't go 
into each week being day to day. It's it's either he's in or he's out. You got to give Walker or DTR or maybe you make a trade, uh, go get a guy like Jacoby Brissett to be a long term backup answer. But uh, this is a guy, you know, we know the two hundred and thirty million dollars, whatever we get that. It's not about the money; it's about the salary cap implications that he has a lot of this team's financial backing on his arm, on his legs, whatever it might be. But we got to figure this out because if he can just play at, let's say, I I threw out a number 80% of what he was in Houston, the Browns are going to go places. But if he cannot be the player we thought we were getting, the Browns are in for some trouble. So got to figure this out, got to get it right, and uh, hopefully Deshaun Watson uh, can get healthy and the Browns can uh, become that offensive team that we know they can be. So uh, this next statistics are a little concerning. So the Browns through six games now, that's seven weeks of football, but they've played one less game than a lot of other teams. They are 20th in yards per game. That's an average. 25th in total yards. Not good. 30 first in pass yards per game. That number is extremely concerning. Um, They are 31st in total pass yards, which again, very, very concerning. Uh, The rushing game is pretty solid. The first two weeks uh, were were really good. Um, They've they've dipped a little bit. And if you take out some of the big runs, um, their yards per carry aren't great, but they're still up there and they're still busting one or two per game. Um, that 69-yard run by Jerome Ford, who, by the way, will be out the next two weeks uh, with an ankle sprain. Um, so you're going to have to rely on Kareem Hunt, Pierre Strong. Uh, I believe they brought somebody up either from free agency or, or practice squad guy. But uh, the running game should be okay because the offensive line is pretty solid. Um, but you got to make some plays. So and if P.J. Walker and some backup running backs are not doing the job, then um, you got to go out and get somebody. AFC North, pretty damn good. Uh, Browns 4-2. and two. They uh, will travel to the Seahawks this week, uh, three-point underdogs uh, by last count. Uh, the Bengals last week were the only AFC team, North team to not win. However, they were on a bye. They will now travel to San Francisco, who's going pretty pissed off because they have lost two games in a row. Uh, the Bengals are three and three and believe it or not, three and three is the worst record in the AFC North because the Ravens are five and two. They just beat up the Detroit lions. They will now head out to Arizona to face a, uh, kind of a scrappy, uh, Cardinals team, not a very good team, but a scrappy team. And then the Steelers find a very Steelers way of winning once again. Uh, there was some controversy at the end of that game with a spot. The Steelers that you know benefited the Steelers, but you got to give them credit. They they find a way to win, and uh, they got it done. They are also four and two. So the Browns. We're not going to get into this too much, but just a quick look. This Sunday they will play in Seattle. Uh, four p.m. kick, four fifteen kick. Uh, both teams four and two. Uh, Seahawks about a three three and a half point favorite, depending on the book you use. 40 and a half is the over-under. We'll get more into a uh, breakdown of that game on Thursday. The Browns are definitely through the toughest part of their schedule. 
Um, but Seattle's no pushover, especially out there. That's going to be a good good matchup for the Browns, especially if they're not 100% healthy. Um, good, fast defense out there. Seattle's got a lot of playmakers on offense. Arizona, as I mentioned, a real scrappy team, um, but the Browns return home for that game. So should be a game uh, the Browns, you know, put away. And uh, then you got two AFC North games right after that. You got Baltimore and, Ste- and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Baltimore's playing just as well as any NFL team right now, uh, looking super, super good. Um, so the Browns can take it one week at a time right now, just like uh, the rest of the NFL, because you look ahead and you will get burned. And as you guys know, Joe and I pick games every Sorry about that. We picked games every week. Uh, last week, I went seven and six. Joe went six and seven. We both have identical records on the season, 64 and 42, 22 games over 500. However, uh, about a 60 and a half percent ratio there. But, uh, you know, we got we got burned on a few games. Uh, 49ers dropping another one. Um, Packers losing to Denver. Uh, we both picked the Rams over the Steelers, but, uh, you know, that's the nature of the NFL. It's any given Sunday, and uh, that's what happened. All right, now switching to college football, let's go to the Ohio State Buckeyes. Uh, they had a huge matchup in Columbus and get the 20-12 to victory over the Penn State Nittany Lions, pushing the Buckeyes to a 7-0 and record, 4-0 in the Big Ten. Penn State drops to 6-1. and and uh, three and one in the Big Ten. So uh, just an unbelievable performance by the defense. Uh, and, you know, Penn State, it was 20 to six fairly late. Penn State went on a pretty lengthy drive to end the game. Uh, but basically holding the Nittany Lions to six points for about 59 minutes in this game. But, I mean, what we talked about Miles Garrett for the Browns, but let's talk about Marvin Harrison for the Buckeyes. In the last two games, against Penn State. He's only played Penn State twice in his life because, uh, you know, last year and this year, because his freshman year, he did not play against them. But 21 receptions for about 350 yards uh, and one touchdown. So this this week, he goes for 11 and 162 for a touchdown in the Buckeyes victory. Kyle McCord, um, he has been a slow starter this year, but he has really, really get the job done. 22 of 35. 63%, 63%, 286 yards passing, one touchdown, as I mentioned, uh, to end the game there, uh, to kind of put a kill shot away there. Uh, my only complaint from this game is uh, Gus Johnson, who I, I love Gus Johnson, but could we lose the Maserati Marv like every every time he catches the ball? Like, I, I mean, it, it was, I love Marvin Harrison, love Gus Johnson, but I could do without the Maserati Marv. Like, maybe just throw it in there once or twice or, or just call him, marvelous or something like that. I don't know what the answer is, but uh, I could do without the Maserati mark every single catch. Anyways, uh, moving on, but Kyle McCord leads the Big Ten in yardage this year and doing a a great job. But Marvin Harrison, we need to put that guy up in the Heisman conversation, at least probably the best non-quarterback statistically, maybe not statistically, but, but overall impact on his team this year. Uh, Cade Stover becoming a nice uh, weapon for the Buckeyes, especially in this game when you had Emeka Abuka out, you had Travion Henderson out. Uh, so another reliable game, 15 yards a catch, four catches for 60 yards, 
and then JT Tuomolau, who is just an unbelievable game wrecker against the Nittany Lions in this game. One sack, one tackle for a loss, one pass breakup, and one quarterback hit. But uh, his numbers should far exceed that as he just uh, has such an impact on the game. Going against uh, one of the best tackles in the game, but like switching sides a little bit. And also uh, Buckeye Lee for the entire silver bullet defense in this game. They had Penn State to one of 16 on third downs, and I believe one of three on fourth down. So what, two of 19 overall, just amazing, and only 240 yards total. And a few of those were in garbage time uh, towards the end of the game. So just an unbelievable job by the Buckeyes. Another great win. and uh, hats off to the crowd that made a difference in this game. Sometimes it can be a sleepy noon type start, but uh, they got after it and, uh, you know, held Penn State in check, both the fans and the players. So looking at the Buckeyes schedule, again, 7-0, 4-0 in the Big Ten. Next, they will travel to Wisconsin, which has been a tough place to play in the past uh, for the Buckeyes. have not played there in several years. I, I'd have to look, but... Um, 2018, 2017, 16, in that range. They have not played there in a while, but uh, Camp Randall Stadium in Madison is a tough place to play. It's Halloween weekend, so hopefully the Buckeyes come out and uh, are firing on all cylinders against the 5-2 and two Wisconsin Badgers, who are coming off a nice comeback victory over Illinois. Um, then you got Rutgers, Michigan State, Minnesota, and the big one to end the season with Michigan. And can we start giving... This guy is credit. Ryan Day, I mean, 52-6 and six overall, 18-6 and six versus ranked opponents. Um, I've heard a lot of people say, well, who are his big wins? I mean, I, I've listed them out there for you since 2018 when he was the interim head coach uh, for three games. But, I mean, just this year, he's got two top 10 victories, one on the road at Notre Dame, one at home against Penn State, beat Penn State last year, beat Notre Dame last year, the Rose Bowl against Utah. Um, you know, I know he's lost two against Michigan. He has beat them before. Um, and so there's a lot of victories in there. And 18 and six, which is the best among any active head coach. And I think Kirby Smart is the only other coach that's above like a 700 win percentage uh, against ranked teams. So let's start giving Ryan Day his credit. I know we got the big one at the end of the year, but uh, 35 and two record in the big time. I mean, come on. I'm not going to say it, but I'm just going to say Marvin Harrison Jr., best player in college football. 42 receptions, 766 yards, which is good for about 109 yards, 110 yards a game, 18.2 yards a catch, six touchdowns on the season. And a a few other statistical uh, notes So for uh, Marvin Harrison. This season, he already has five 100-yard games. If he gets uh, four more this season, he will uh, break uh, David Boston's all-time record, or at least, excuse me, tie David Boston's all-time record, uh, six, five more to to break it. Um, 100 yards in games in his career, he's now up to 12. David Boston had 14 in his career. That is the record. So he needs two more to tie, three more to break that. And also, the big one for me is receiving yardage in a career. Now, he needs a lot more yards. He, he is uh, 730 behind Michael Jenkins. But if he stays on this pace, 
he very well can do it. So five regular season games left, uh, Big Ten title game possible, uh, playoff game possible. So um, we'll, we'll see what he can do. But uh, Marvin Harrison just doing great things for the Buckeyes in a legacy of great wide receivers, maybe the best one that has ever come through Columbus. And once again, Kyle McCord not getting enough credit. Uh, I know he's not C.J. Stroud where he was last year. I know he is not peak Justin Fields. I know he is not peak Dwayne Haskins. But, I mean, look at those legacies. That Those guys are all first-round picks, high first-round picks. Uh, but look at his numbers overall. You know, and he's, he's not playing bad competition. Uh, played a, you know, Indiana, not the greatest team. Good defense, though. Uh, Maryland, not the greatest team. Decent, decent overall team. Uh, Notre Dame on the road in the hostile environment. Penn State had the number one defense in the country coming into this game. Uh, he is thrown for 64% completions, 277 yards per game, 12 touchdowns, one interception. And that one interception came the very first week of the season. So I'm not going to go over each score from this weekend, but uh, I'm gonna, I, I tiered the Big Ten, so tiers and tiers. So... Uh, the elite teams, Michigan and Ohio State, right up there at the top. Penn State is the next bent, uh, best of the bunch. And if they beat Michigan, they get back up in that tier. But uh, James Franklin record against Michigan and Ohio State, not great. So uh, until he can get over the hump, uh, they are just that class below. And they're the only team in that tier. So Michigan, Ohio State, the clear uh, 1A, 1B uh, franchises, uh, programs in the country. Penn State, clear number three. And then you got a handful of middling teams here. Iowa, great defense, but literally the maybe the worst offense in the country. Wisconsin, just a good team, but not great at too much. Maryland has had some moments, but but not putting it all together. Rutgers, a nice surprise this year, um, doing some really good things. Bull eligible, I believe they are six and two. Um, Illinois struggling this year. Purdue struggling. Minnesota rowing that boat down the wrong uh, side of the river, Nebraska just can't quite put it all together yet. And then some really dark times, obviously, with the Pat Fitzgerald thing and Northwestern not not playing well. The Mel Tucker thing at uh, Michigan State, they just got their doors blown off by Michigan and also just pretty much by about every other team they played this year. And Indiana just, just stinks. So um, those teams are all kind of in dark times right now. So that's a look at the Big Ten top tiers and bottom teardrops. Hope you were able to uh, watch our interview uh, with the Penguin basketball players. Uh, we have two, uh, we've, ha we've had four sets of guys in, or excuse me, four players in so far. And uh, we have another interview set up for next week with uh, a couple more players from YSU. But uh, we are getting very, very close to basketball season. So make sure to get out and give the YSU Penguins some love. Speaking of those YSU Penguins, just on the football side of things, a nice walk-off victory uh, last week on the opposite side of this, but this week they get the 41-38 victory over Illinois State. Again, another play comes down to the wire. This time the Penguins do get to walk it off with uh, a field goal to win 41-38 in uh, at YSU Stadium, at Stambaugh Stadium. Let's go over some of the uh, player notes here. Mitch Davidson, quarterback for the Penguins, 16 of 25. 
little over 200 yards, but four touchdowns through the air for Mitch. Another friend of the show, Mr. Dre Rushton. Uh, big game, big game for Dre. 19 carries, 109 yards. Also had four receptions in this game for 41 yards and a touchdown on uh, the receiving end. The other one-two punch from YSU's running game, you got Tyshawn King with 24 carries, 148, and a touchdown on the ground for the Penguins. Also, big play wide receiver C.J. Charleston, two catches for 81 yards and a touchdown, so that big play ability for C.J. Charleston through the air, helping out his quarterback. Another friend of the program, Bryce Oliver, goes... Uh, only one catch in this game. However, it was for a 15-yard touchdown. So the Kentucky transfer getting it done once again for the Youngstown State Penguins. And just a couple other shout-outs to uh, some guys. Joey Farthing, uh, wide receiver, one catch for 33 yards and a touchdown. Another big play for uh, Joey on this season. And then uh, I hope I pronounced your name right, the, the, the kicker. Uh, obviously doesn't get a lot of love a lot of times, but when you get the, uh, the walk-off kick in a game winner and also had 11 points on the day, you get the, uh, the player of the week on special teams for the Missouri Valley conference, Andrew, <laughs> I hope I pronounce it right. Andrew Lastovka, Lastovka, Lastovka. Well, hopefully I got that right. But, uh, either way, Andrew with a big, um, big kick for the win for the Penguins. Next up, YSU will host Missouri State at home once again, so get out to the Ice Castle and support them at Stam. So another look at the Penguins' uh, schedule here so far. They have gone, you know, win, loss, win, loss, win, loss, win. So four and three on the season, but let's end that streak of uh, win-loss. Let's get a back-to-back -back win here. Let's get to five and three and uh, see where the, the chips may fall. So another home game. YSU's got four games left on the schedule, two at home, two on the road, and uh, obviously the big one looming with South Dakota State, but can't get to that game and, and slip up. You got to get, you got to take care of business against uh, uh, Missouri State this weekend at home and then at Indiana State the following weekend. But again, week to week and uh, take care of business this week against Missouri State. We know this conference is loaded. Look at this, seven ranked teams in the Missouri Valley Conference out of all the FCS. So every Dakota school is ranked North Dakota 15, North Dakota State 12. Number one, uh, South Dakota State will come to YSU on November 11th. Um, already faced South Dakota. That was unfortunately one of our walk-off losses, 34 to 31. But they are now the number four team in all of FCS uh, in in the big win earlier against Southern Illinois, who's now the number 11 ranked team on the, on the schedule or in FCS. Um, YSU has put together a really nice resume, uh, but you got to take care of business against the teams you got to take care of. So uh, with that said, again, let's go out and beat Missouri State this weekend, and then let's figure it out week to week. In the world of college football too, just uh, one note here. Um, Michigan could be in some trouble. Now, do I think do I think sending a scout on the road is is a big deal? Uh, no, I don't. <laughs> As a former uh, high school basketball coach, I mean that's pretty much how you scouted. You you do have some huddle tape and, and things like that you can go over and but you know 
sending a scout on the road, which apparently is a, an NCAA violation. However, if they're videoing the sidelines and getting signs from teams and then uh, coordinating those signs, which uh, this this screen is small, but in this uh, in this call sheet, he was relaying the signs the defense and offense were, were doing, or excuse me, he was relaying the offensive signs to the defensive coordinator. Uh, and then, so if, if the defense knows what's happening uh, beforehand, it's going to be a mess for the offense. And it's going to be a tough day. So uh, that is where uh, I think some trouble looms on the horizon. Michigan already was in some trouble and now could be in some more trouble here. Uh, so I'm going to see how this plays out before I make any um, rash statements here. But uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see how, how this goes with the Michigan Wolverines. Not looking good, though, for Jim Harbaugh. And also got to shout out to our boy Bernie Kozar, uh, the former Boardman native, Boardman quarterback, went on to uh, obviously great success with Miami Hurricanes and our Cleveland Browns, but uh, was hanging out with uh, Taylor Swift this weekend. So um, <laughs> the one picture just cracked me up, though, uh, with, the, with the tongues uh, sticking out like that. I think most of us, anybody, uh, that would take a picture with Taylor Swift probably would have that same face uh, makes, makes us laugh, but uh, pretty cool. And um, I think the reason the connection there is uh, Travis Kelsey is from Cleveland Heights and was a huge Bernie Kosar fan growing up. So uh, that's kind of where that, uh, you know, connection comes from, I believe. All right, let's wrap it up here with a little baseball. The Texas Rangers are the American League champions, knocking off the Houston Astros in seven games. We will have the National League champion. By the time you're watching this, you're going to know, but uh, this game will be played Tuesday night, Arizona at the Philadelphia Phillies. I like the Phillies to win, but we'll see. You know, But by the time this, this um, show airs, you'll know. So either the Arizona Diamondbacks or Philadelphia Phillies Game seven tonight to see who takes on the Texas Rangers for the Major League Baseball World Series Championship. As a reminder, you can watch all of our shows uh, at 3.30. However, we have noticed most people uh, aren't able to watch live. They do watch later on in the evening. So if that's your cup of tea uh, and you can you can watch it, uh, you know, it's always live or on demand. Um, again, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, any of those platforms, as well as the next day on any podcast platform, you can download that. And, um, you know, we appreciate you guys always watching, listening, uh, and make sure to give us a follow because a lot of the stuff we put out on social media doesn't always, uh, make the show, but it is always out there for good content. So we appreciate you guys watching. Make sure to share this with anyone that you think might be interested uh, and uh, again, we appreciate our viewers, our listeners, our followers, our supporters of uh, Youngstown Studio and the 330 Sports Show. So thank you guys all for watching. Uh, and one more, I have a Halloween draft. Uh, we always do one Halloween show a year. This year, we, we did a replay earlier um, of our best horror movies. Now we're going to do a horror movie draft of horror sequels that don't suck. <laughs> There's a lot of really bad horror movies out there, but uh, uh, Laura, Matt, and Doug are going to join me as they do every year, and we're just going to have some fun with it. So some horror movies that don't suck draft. Uh, so you can look for that 
on Thursday, October 26th. And again, on any platform, live or demand. So appreciate you guys watching. Everyone have a great day. Thank you for listening to this show on Youngstown Studio. This is original Youngstown content. Feel free to share our videos and tell your friends about us. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on Facebook. Thank you for your support.